Gestalt IT is proud to present the On-Premise IT Roundtable. On today's roundtable, we're talking about locations and beacons. Discussing this topic, we have Stephen Foskett moderating the discussion, Eddie Ferrero, Richard McIntosh, Blake Crony, Andrew Vanage, Sean Neal, Brian Adzema, George Stefanik, and Keith Parsons. Check out our show notes for links to all of their stuff at gestaltit.com slash podcast. One of the things that I have found enlightening about this year's Atmosphere Conference is that this is literally the first conference that has had a conference app that actually does anything interesting. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? Most of the time, the conference app is like kind of a brain-dead website, and you end up just saying, why am I just not using the website? Uh, This one does something cool, and that is that it can provide me directions to Tom, (laughs) or to George, uh, or to any of you, because we've got uh, location-based services built in with uh, Bluetooth beacons. Um, I find this really interesting. I find it a little horrifying and scary, too, uh, (laughs) from a security standpoint. But of course, it is opt-in. You know, and it's uh, it's kind of interesting how how the navigation, the foot navigation, has has appeared here. I did see someone walk into somebody else already (laughs) while they were using the navigation directions on their phone. Um, What do you guys think about this? uh, This other aspect of mobility. I love it. I think think Meridian is doing a fantastic job. I've been using in the demo of the house. And it is seriously the coolest thing to just have some beacons kind of thrown around and now have turn-by-turn navigation. That's absolutely incredible. Even, even just for my office, you know, if we have some of those, how many times are people going onto the corporate intranet and trying to find out where this meeting room is or something? I mean, to have turn-by-turn navigation on their phone, mm-hmm. yeah. everyone has a phone. I mean, it's, it's right there at your hands. I think it's absolutely incredible. And what Stephen kind of alluded to was the opt-in of sharing where you are with your friends and your coworkers. That is also key. It's not, a, it's not automatically on because right. you have this app. It's an opt-in, and that is, that's, that's what makes it perfect, right? Yeah. So I, I actually I thought of this idea back in 2010 or 2011. And you stole your idea? Tom, well, Tom knows exactly where I'm going with this story because we actually talked about it last night. But one of the nights, and Andrew, you were with us too, and I think, George, you might have been there too. We, Tom's like, hey, where are you guys at? And I told him, oh, we're down at Bellagio. And then he starts walking from Mandalay to to Bellagio. And he's like, I'm at Bellagio. Where are you guys? We're like, "Uh, we're back. It is MGM where we were at. We're at Centrifuge at MGM. We're (laughs) "We're back at MGM. Why didn't you? You know, we're trying trying to text. We're doing Twitter stuff. And that was the time that I was thinking, I'm like, it would be great if we could use, at that time, it would have been Foursquare logins to figure out where everybody is, like you said, in an opt in way. And Ryan and I have been talking about this for, for other conferences for a while, too, about how can we get engagement models where everybody can see where each other is at through the opt-in, because I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want George always tracking where I am. I mean, right. I'm trying to do it right well, now. And I think, I think what's interesting <laughs> is that some of these services have been out there based on GPS, like Google Location, right. and things yep. like that. Um, now we're bringing it indoor, and that's, you know, the canary that has been always hard to you know freaking find because GPS doesn't work indoors, and so you have no location because uh, Wi-Fi location tracking isn't that precise. No, so depends. Well, I think a lot of uh, you know the consumers of Wi-Fi have an expectation. That expectation is typically set by cellular, right? You want that blue dot experience that I can get it out on the outside. Why can't I get it on the inside? And I think we're seeing that now. You know, uh, since I got here, I've been using the app. 
In fact, there was a couple times, like, I want to make sure I'm going to the right area. Now, this morning, I happened to see Foskett and Blake's face in the room. I'm like, all right, that's definitely the room. You know? <laughs> I couldn't do that yesterday, but I could do that this morning. You know? Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I'm actually looking at the app right here. I wish uh, you could see it on the screen, but uh, yeah, apparently everyone I know is actually located. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 our faces are on top of each other. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, so it's right there. Yeah. So, yeah. The we're, we're doing a pyramid. We're like cheerleaders yeah. right now. So, <laughs> and, and I think we're seeing some of the promise that we've been hearing about, like RTLS and things like that, for many, many a decade at least, right? About the stuff that it's supposed to be doing, right? I think. Now we're starting to see it. I, I still think we're only at the very tip of the iceberg as far as what we can do. But yeah. we're actually at a point where it's at least near real time now, not 10 minutes delayed or something like that, with, which isn't useful. Wait, I mean, other than this new feature, the, the friends sharing location feature, Meridian has been fairly solid in their, in their core feature set for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, Nothing has changed in the technology, but people are starting to figure out what they can do with it. Um, it's, it's becoming very interesting, the stuff. Like the, the printer during the keynote today, uh, being able to send a print job to the queue, but it not actually printing until you're standing in front of the printer. Right. Um, no more, you know, I used to have to go into my office, go to the printer, and sort through all the print jobs that were sitting there just to get the one page that I printed. Now, now, Ryan, quick on that. Now, when it doesn't work, who are they going to call? Ghostbusters. The wireless guy, because it's an app on so, the wireless device. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just want to problem. But, but I think, you know, Sean, you, you made a good point, and, and it's certainly something I've seen, a, you know, back in 2007, 2008, working with AeroScout and Akahawa RTLS solutions based off of Wi-Fi tags, the RFID tags. What was the problem? The problem was I had to have that tag. Now, granted, today we've replaced a tag with a beacon, but we kind of flipped it. We're saying, okay, I'm going I'm to buy all these devices. You replaced the tag with your phone. That's what I was, I was just going to yeah. say, yeah. Everyone's already tagged. We're, we're putting these beacons up, so we still have to buy some sort of device, but we're not, we're not buying that device to give it to a person because the person now has the phone. This is what's changing it, and that's what's making it work. I will certainly invest in you know, $50 for a beacon, whatever it's going to cost me, and stick it up on a wall when I know it's going to stay there and it's going to, it's you know, fixed asset. I know where it's going to be. It's going to influence it if I know that the end user is going to pay the cost to carry well, the device that engages with me. And, and I would also argue a little bit to Ryan's point that the technology has changed because I did a lot of early POC with Silicon Valley startups when I was in retail around location tracking and uh, proximity. Mm -hmm. And they went through several iterations of Wi-Fi or what about Wi-Fi oh. beaconing with... And the, yeah, I'm, I'm and, talking and more on the... BLE, once, once everyone even landed on, the BLE, on BLE. Even on the BLE side, what are we seeing now? We're seeing you had uh, battery-based uh, beacons for BLE that were unmanageable. You had to walk around to figure out what their battery strength was. Mm -hmm. Now with Aruba, and, have, and we're seeing uh, BLE beacons and access points and, and the sensor that can act as a Wi-Fi client, we have a way to manage these distributed beacons in large mass so that can actually make it scale. Yes. Mm -hmm. What I was saying was, like we said earlier, all that matters is the client. From the client's point of view, nothing has changed. Yeah. No, but from a logistical perspective yes, of managing a, a hundreds of thousands of beacons yeah. is becoming realistic now. Yeah, their, their core functionality is, is, has been fairly static, but adding all of those additional features has um, you know, taken it from a, a lot of fun in setting up conference rooms to right. being able to serve drinks to people sitting in a stadium.
taking a quick intermission here to let you know that if you're enjoying this discussion, to head on over to gestaltit.com. We've got coverage from across the enterprise, from virtualization and servers to networking, storage, and even that newfangled cloud. While you're there, sign up for one of our newsletters and you'll get all of our latest coverage right in your inbox. If you haven't already, subscribe to the on-premise IT roundtable on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, rate review us as well. All right, let's get back to the discussion. Yeah, but to add to that, yeah. I think when you look at the beacons, it's, you know, the consumers using the beacons. You know, there's been talk about doing location indoor. Let it be used on the other side. So now you're taking that beacon that's an asset. Now it has two uses, right? Um, because Wi-Fi indoor location, I mean, it's great if, if I, I can know if you're in a, in a general area, right? But I can't get you down to a blue dot experience. And that's where I think the future is really, really interesting from a location perspective, especially in the last 30 days. You know, uh, Centrac, which is a location company, was sold. Yep. They bought them. Echo House was sold, sold, sold off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 2016, and if you look at it, there's been a lot of players in that space for a long time, and, and a lot of them have either withered on the vine or have been sold. And you know, Aeroscout a couple of years ago was sold to uh, Stanley. Stanley. So, uh, still a very controversial space because do I go down the road? Because when you invest in a RTLS system, it's expensive. It's, Lo- a, it's location. a long-term infrastructure yeah. buy. Yeah. That location service has always been, it's the next big thing, it's the next big thing, and we've been hearing that for like almost a decade now, and it still has yet to really hit. And I think we're starting, maybe we're starting to see that now that it's morphed from Wi-Fi to BLE. So let me ask you a question. It's more viable quick. now than, it, than it's it, ever been before. Has it not taken off because of, and to go to you know, my discussion from Wireless Land Professionals Conference about switching our mindsets from being just pure wireless RF engineers, not necessarily understanding applications. I mean, there's, there's a few of us that, that do programming. Ryan does, a, does quite a bit of programming and, and works with the tools and things. But you know, has the problem been that people have looked to us as wireless engineers because this runs on wireless to integrate these solutions and we we're never able to integrate these solutions into health record systems to be able to you know, bring the two systems together, visitor management, patient tracking, because most of us don't understand how to deal with I, I programs. I don't think it's that the wireless engineers don't, don't code, because not everyone's going to learn to code. That's kind of a, a nice right. side. The technology's improved. Ten years ago, if we got 10-meter resolution, it was we great. Happy. You go into an ER that has cloth dropped down walls, and you couldn't even get 10-meter resolution because there wasn't any differential. By flipping it around and taking smart tag to smartphone, dumb tag, now the beacons can be really dumb and the brains are in here, that flipped the entire reason, and now we can get where? Shows up on Stephen's thing, we're all in the same room. It would, it, we couldn't have done that. You know what I think is awesome as well? I don't need some big... CPU-intensive box to, copy, to compute all of this location triangulation data somewhere back in my data center that doesn't scale well and has all sorts of horrible maintenance why, issues? Yeah, why do you need a box that can calculate the location of 10,000 devices when you can use 10,000 devices to calculate the location of 10,000 devices? The power of distributed computing. Yeah. So, I think the other thing, too, is you know, the RTLS systems, when George's point one, they were, just, they were really, really expensive. They're also somewhat single use, right? Maybe you can argue that a little bit, but um, for the most part, I'd call them, they're kind of a single use solution. So when you're super expensive and single use, it's just not attractive, right? And the new, the new 
you know, using Bluetooth and you know, doing all of these different things that we're talking about with, a, with an infrastructure that's relatively inexpensive, I mean, that becomes really attractive, especially when you're also getting performance benefits and accuracy benefits, all these other things. But I, I think, think we've even lost issue. some of the pieces, though, because one of the big markets was, I want to know where an IV pump is. I'm not going to put a phone on an IV pump. No, no, but no, I think there, there's, technology, there's with a tag. Bluetooth, yeah. with a BLE infrastructure, you can track a tag on that IV pump. Yeah, so it, we, we just changed where the intelligence yeah. was. But, but to your point, though, right, if I want to know if I have, so in, in, you have a dirty uh, room and a clean room, and in the dirty room is where all the pumps go, and then you can build logic behind it when there's four or five pumps, then you can send out environmental services to collect them. That sounds like a great technology, but now you need to use exciters, which then expensive cabling, you need to power them, right? And then when you start to look at the cost that you want to run these in so many rooms, or maybe you want to have room level, bed level, right? Then you know you had companies out there like Sonator doing infrared. Now you're getting super expensive. And who manages that? And when you invest in an RTLS system, they never tell you about the, the amount of full-time employees you need to add to your headcount <laughs> to support it. But, and I'll say this, you know, what, really gener what really drove BLE is Apple. You know, we're talking all this BLE because of Apple. You had one large you know, manufacturer that said, let's do this BLE initiative. Yeah, now I, everything's just growing off of it. And, and I think you know, what we're going to get to with this discussion is I'm seeing a shift in the discussion from end user uh, focused devices to embedded type devices that don't have any user interaction. And that leads right into IoT, right? Yep, absolutely. One, one thing I do want to say, though, um, everyone talks the cost of RTLS and now shifting to BLE. The tags are cheap, but you, know, you, you can't mistake it. Apps are still expensive. Mm -hmm. You can't just churn out an app. Um, you need a custom developer or you need uh, like an app builder system like Meridian, uh, Meridian has. Um, it's, it's not cheap to do if you want all of those customizations. Um, you're either going to pay someone to do it or you're going to bring it in-house and pay a developer uh, salary. Yeah, but, the, but the, where it is more cost-effective is what you can do with it. It isn't single purpose or maybe dual purpose. I mean, and, you and literally can make up, like, exactly, will this printer print when I'm near it? And so you, and you that changes the entire paradigm. Yeah, it, it, becomes, it becomes what do you want to do as opposed to, okay, now you can do just right. this. And a single developer like you can create dozens of apps for all different kinds of things. So yeah, it's a, that, I think that completely flips it on its head, plus so, the low cost of the infrastructure itself. One other thing I was gonna add to Keith's point that, that I've seen a, a few, very few sort of point solutions that I think is really underutilized right now is actually having the beacons being mobile and Going against some some fixed devices or working, you know, with with some other beacons or you know something along those lines. I mean, there's a couple of healthcare applications where you can strap a beacon on a patient. Uh, I saw a solution that's doing it for like angioplasty, right? They slap a beacon on a patient. They have an iPad that just sits in the the room, right? And so when that beacon finally gets that iPad, it tricks, you know, tr that's the trigger, right? That they can time how long it's taking, right? That use case is not widely adopted right now, and it's interesting, I think. Um, so, but it definitely, it definitely opens the door for a lot of other applications. It does. It's, there, there's a lot you can do um, with, with just beacons, not, not interacting with any apps. Um, I track my dog around my house. 
Because I can. <laughs> do you? Yes, he does. Really? I do, yeah. Fa phase two is his children, so. <laughs> so, so. Do you have it around the yard, too? You have beacons on the fence? No, I don't have any outdoor. No, I, my dog has a beacon on his collar. Um, oh, wow. I don't have beacons deployed through the house. So. No dog door. Uh, my wife says technology has to stay in my office. So. <laughs> uh, but my office, when I walk into it, the uh, lights turn on automatically. The beacon that I have in my office measures the temperature of the room. And if it's too hot, it turns on the AC. If it's too cold, it turns on the heater. Uh, and when I leave, everything shuts off. Ryan Adsma is very high maintenance, if you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't in this new mobile world, isn't um, your office wherever you are? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to believe about wireless? <laughs> so therefore, I give you permission to move it anywhere you want. Anywhere. Uh, anywhere at all. It's, it's up to me. He has call, too much he stuff. Call my wife and okay. tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speak to what, what you were just previously talking about, the beacons, is um, there's another, it's called... It's an open source, right? So you can do the same uh, scenarios with them because uh, electrical outlets already have that functionality built in, as well as light fixtures and so on and so forth, right? So that's not any different, correct? It's it's a little. In which you're using it. So I, I'll tell you, I use Philips Hue, um, just like they used in in the keynote. I have Belkin Wemo outlets, which are Wi-Fi connected outlets. I can. Um, tell you the wattage that my current rack is using in my office right now and estimate its cost per month. Um, and I just simply have one of the computers in my office sitting there running a service on it that listens. And when my phone sees a beacon in my office and it's within this proximity, it calls to the server, to an API on the server, and that server then proxies all the connections and, and triggers all the events exactly. to happen. Yeah, so it's, stuff. you don't have to go with any one system. All of this is allowing you to, to, to build it like Legos. You know, what do you want it to do? The on-premise IT roundtable is once again brought to you by Gestalt IT, home to IT coverage from across the enterprise. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Gestalt IT and at Facebook.com slash Gestalt IT. Very original. The on-premise IT roundtable is produced by Rich Straffolino. That's me. Until next time, from all of us here at Gestalt IT, have a super sparkly day. <laughs>